You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Whether you need a battery for your truck or a battery for your trail camera or a specialized battery for your rangefinder or a crazy toy that you bought for your kids, Interstate Batteries has got you covered. Stop into a local Interstate Battery retail store, talk with a specialist, get the battery that you need, and go on about your day. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable this is the nine finger chronicles podcast brought to you by vortex optics what's up everybody welcome back to the nine finger chronicles podcast i'm here in my office with my three children uh, it is the only time that I can get things done today, and I've asked them to be quiet, but that would be impossible for them to do, And uh, but we got a really killer episode today. We are talking with Parker McDonald. He is the host of the Southern Ground podcast on the Sportsman's Nation, and we're going to talk about his recent success in Kentucky. We're going to talk about the strategy that he used and the strategy that he plans on using for the upcoming Alabama rut where we talk about uh, the bedding areas, his water access, a whole bunch of other things that uh, have been leading to his success recently and what he plans on doing for the Alabama rut. But before we get into today's episode, we have a commercial to do and that is, hey, Ava, Ava, what tree stand does dad use? She says, lone wolf, baby. <laughs> lone wolf all right so why am i a huge fan of lone wolf lone wolf extremely portable it's quiet durable made in america and it's just a badass tree stand that allows me to get in the right position the best position not just because it's a straight tree but because of it allows me to get in any tree right so if you want to find out more information about lone wolf visit lonewolfhuntingproducts.com and uh, if you decide to purchase online you can enter the discount code 9fc50 and save $50 off of all your purchases over $200 so that's like a, a 25 to 20 uh, percent discount uh, other than that let's get into today's podcast with Parker McDonald three two, one. All right. On the phone with me now, my, I guess, Sportsman's Nation brother, Mr. Parker McDonald. How we doing, man? Man, I'm doing good. Just uh, pulling ticks off me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. I, I don't know a guy who spends more time in the woods. Every time I, I check your Instagram, you are pulling another deer 
out of the woods. It, it definitely seems that way this year. This year has been a, a good year. Um, I guess I've killed uh, five, five deer so far in the last, honestly, most of those have been since October. I killed my first one October 1st, so in the last month. Yeah. I've knocked down five. How many of those were deer. bucks? Three of them. Three of them were bucks, and one of them was in Kentucky, right? Yep, one of them was yesterday. Okay, cool. And yep. uh, I want to touch base on a, a couple of these uh, these uh, encounters that you've had. But I think what I want on this episode is just kind of a really quick update of where you're seeing deer movement, some of the strategy you're using. Because I wanted to get a little, um, for the guys who hunt the south uh, and live in the south but still listen to this podcast, I, I want to uh, share some information with, uh, with them. But um, let me ask you this right off the right off the top. In Alabama, you know, you live in one of those areas that has the late rut, and uh, that's a, a January rut, right? So I actually have more of a December rut. Okay. Um, but just barely north of me, I've got uh, a January rut, and then just barely south of me, I've got January February rut. I mean, it's all over the place in the state. Like it's. It's so inconsistent. Like you can be, you can be three miles apart and have a rut that's a month apart or two months apart. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. So I I guess with the rut still almost a month off, depending on what pocket you hunt, um, what are the deer doing right now that, I mean, are, are they in pre-rut yet or are they still kind of in an early season stage? No. So they... Uh, I killed a buck a week ago in Alabama, seven point, and he wasn't anything huge or anything like that, uh, but he was a decent little buck, and uh, I, I, I really just, the weather was right, and we had a nice little cold front come through, the wind was right for this spot, and I went in knowing that this is like typically the first place where they start to lay down scrapes and rubs, and this, it's like really, it's like in the bedding area. And they start to lay it down and I can access it, my water, and basically get right up in the bedding area without disturbing it at all. I just hunt all around it. And this wind in this spot is where they typically start start to lay down that buck sign. Okay. And and usually so the thing that I've that I've noticed out here, and I'm sure it's like this everywhere, is early season, um, if you wanna get on if you wanna get on a buck, you have got to get getting close to their their bedding area right and the the closer they get to the rut the further that sign starts moving out so actually both of the bucks the first buck i killed two weekends ago um was a nine point and i found a rub line and it was i mean that area it is a january rut and i knew that if i was finding big big sign like that a rub line then i was really close to a buck's core area I was in his bedroom and, and so I sat up there and I killed him that night and that was a mobile hunt. Like it was, it was scout and hunt. And so that's one of the things that I'm, the, the more I do this, I'm, I'm really starting to figure this out that if you find in that early, so in most of the, in most of the country, you have the rut right now, you're in the heat of it right now, right. November, the, I think the, today's the 12th. Um, and in that early October range, is when when you would this would translate the best is you yeah. get really close to that core area if you want to shoot a buck 
And so I've been trying to just figure out how that necessarily works for the South. And that's, that's my best, you know, best guess is our, our, you know, late October, early November is like everybody's October lull that they talk about um, where bucks are not really coming too far away from where they're living at, from their core area. And, uh, and so that's, that's really what they're doing right now. I mean, they're not, they may, I'm in Kentucky right now, right? This second I'm in Kentucky. So I haven't hunted Alabama since last week. But as of last week, there was no buck sign. Like, you might find a rub every once in a while, but more than likely, it's it's a month or so old, just from when they were rubbing off velvet. It's just kind of random. Yeah, it's not necessarily a it's not necessarily like a, a dominance thing or marking territory deal. Right. Um, but I would I would think last year I started seeing sign open up around November the fifteenth. So pretty pretty close to right now they start getting into that like all right we're getting ready and then the, by december 8th is when i've kind of pinpointed my area december 8th is like you better be in a tree because okay. you have a very good chance of seeing a big buck and that and, would be uh, almost a month one full month later than iowa yeah 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 where i'm i'm right at a month away from most of the most of the country that's why i'm doing my rut trip right now so I'm, I'm basically getting to hunt multiple ruts. I don't have to give up my home rut to come and hunt a Kentucky rut. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. I'm, I like it. It's, it's really neat to me. Oh man, that would be, that would be completely awesome. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to worry about a early season or, you know, a late season hunt. You're hunting the, you're hunting the rut for literally a month basically or pre- rut or pre-rut for a month. You could, in Alabama, you could literally chase the rut from october there's there's a there's a place that has like a strain of deer there's a it's a national forest and uh it has a strain of deer that were brought in from michigan years ago and i may have talked about this on your podcast before but um it's a strain that they brought in from michigan and they rut like the rest of the country and they're usually a lot bigger so in this specific national forest you'll hear about giant bucks that get shot that do not look like Alabama deer. They're big body. They've got like the brown head head patch between their antlers. Um, they're just they're just big giant deer. And usually that's a Michigan strain deer. And they'll start chasing you know October thirty first like like the rest of the country is when it starts really getting good. Um, so you could hunt that place. Then you could hunt, and that rut would be like normal through November. Then you could hunt the end of November through. Uh, probably december 15th or so um and and hit another rut in the same area like 30 minutes away and then after that you could go another 30 minutes north and you could hit another wma where they rut in january and then to to end off the season you could go way far down south and south alabama and you could hunt through february 10th and hunt the rut so from october to february you could be hunting the rut in alabama now granted it's not like the rest of the country where you're just going to see freaking bucks chasing everywhere and right. they go buck wild. You're not going to see that, but you will get rut. Yeah. Uh, you know, where, where you have the, the opportunity to potentially kill a, a good buck for the area. Okay. So let's talk a little, uh, real quick strategy of what you're going to be doing in Alabama when you get back from Kentucky. Um, because, well, before that, you just found some success in Kentucky. Um, Mm-hmm. yesterday on the 11th right 
Yep. Yep. 11. Yeah. All right. So before we get into Alabama, what were you doing? Where were you hunting? And when I mean where, I mean, describe the location, the terrain, the, was it a pinch point? Was it bedding? And what was that buck doing when you ultimately shot him? So I went, uh, I, I got up here Sunday night. I didn't get time to hunt or do anything on Sunday night. It was dark. Um, all day Monday, pretty much. I scouted, um, drove the roads, scouted access, scouted pressure, found places to put my boat in that maybe didn't show up on the map. Um, and then Monday evening, I went in with the intention of scout hunting, and I scouted a lot. I mean, I scouted all over this area and found some good buck signs, but I didn't want to set up on it because I didn't want to I wanted to know what else was there. And so I set up for like an hour at the end of, at the end of the day for the last hour of daylight, I set up and I ended up seeing like four does, which was great. Yeah. I just set up on a little saddle and, um, and then Tuesday I pretty well did the same thing. I set up for about an hour on in the morning. I went in blind to an area, set up for about an hour, got down and scouted the rest of the day. I've never done that before. Um, I always try to do really good at, scouting on X, but I really have a bad habit of not giving enough time to scouting. So I wanted to know what I was looking at. I wanted to know the lay of the land. I've never been to this place before. It's public land and I've never been here before. So I, I wanted to do my due diligence. I had a week to hunt it. I might as well give two days to scouting and increase my success rate. Okay. Um, just a little bit. And uh, so funny enough, Wednesday, which was yesterday, uh, I went into an area that I actually didn't scout, but I was going to scout again. Like I was just going to, I went in by kayak to an area that I've been looking at really hard and um, I was going to hunt, you know, the same, same way. It was the first North wind of the, of the trip. We had not had a wind coming out of the North. It's been straight South all week long and hot, hot as balls, dude. It has been so hot here for November. I mean, last year, the guys that were here, and this camp, they say, I mean, it was like snowing, you know, and this year it's been 80 degrees. Yeah. Um, but I went in with the intention of just scouting this whole area hard all day and ended up killing the buck at daylight, like right before, like literally my bow was only halfway up the tree. I was pulling it up when I saw the buck that I ended up shooting. And so I really only hunted, I only got about three hours of tree time this, this week. And, uh, and I was tagged out. And then, Later, uh, I called, I was calling my dad to let him know that I'd shot this buck. And as I'm talking to him, another big buck walks in, uh, 20 yards and just looks at me and just mills around and goes and checks out my dead buck, my dead buck, the buck I shot ran five yards and fell over dead. And so that was, that was cool. Um, and then I called my wife and we were FaceTiming and as we're FaceTiming, I'm like, Oh, that other buck's right here. And then I looked down and I realized this was a, a mammoth of a buck that was at 20 yards right underneath me pretty much. <laughs> and, uh, so I filmed him for a little bit and just kind of messed with him just to see what he would do. I let out a, like a, a mouth grunt and just to see what he would do. I was already tagged out, so it couldn't hurt anything. And, uh, and so that happened. I mean, and then I was finally like, you know what, this is a day that I need to, I need to get out of the tree. So a 200 doesn't walk, walk out <laughs> and, and tempt you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I need to get out. I need to get down right now. And so I got down and went and looked at the buck, and he is, he's a really good, probably 130, 135-inch eight-point. 
um, with a 20 inch spread. Wow. Um, big, huge mass, probably a 230 pound deer. Man, that's awesome. Um, just something that this Alabama boy just ain't used to, you know, it was like, it was, uh, it was insane. But so basically what happened is, is I was, I was scouting all week looking for big sign, um, because I wanted to at least be in an area where bucks were, you know, and one of the things that the guys who hunt here a lot told me, like this time a year, do not worry about all the signs. The sign's good. And it's good to know that a buck's been there recently, but they're running miles chasing does around and cruising. Find a good terrain feature and and hunt it. So to describe the area we're hunting is like very, very hilly. Steep draws, big nasty ditches, um, big woods. So like hard no no real ag land. There's a little bit, but the deer don't really come into it in the daylight. Um, but it's just steep hills lots of saddles, big long ridge systems. And uh, it's, it's intimidating, man, when you get out there because everything looks the same. You actually have to put boots on the ground to find those like hard edges and transition areas. And so you may see an area on the map and go in blind and you get there and it's a saddle, but it's in the wide open hardwoods yeah. where you're like, there's, I don't see a deer coming through here. Now, from what I understand, here in Kentucky, they just do. The deer are just different. They would not be using those hardwoods in Alabama like like that. And so um, I just kind of went in blind to this area and ended up shooting a deer in five minutes of being in the tree. Yeah. You know, it was, it was That's awesome. that easy. Um, so, not easy. I mean, you know, you got to know what you're looking for. Yeah. But um, I, what, what, here's what I knew is that where I hunt in Alabama is very hilly. Steep hills, big woods, lots of timber, zero ag. And... I knew I could translate better. I think last time I was on your podcast, Dan, weren't we talking about my Kentucky trip where I missed that big buck? I think so, yeah. Um, that was early season, and that's on flat farmland, you know, ag. It's public, but it's tons of ag, soybeans and corn and crap, and I just can't figure that crap out. Like, I'm just not good at it. I, I'm not used to it. So I figured when I got here, I would at least be able to get on deer a little bit easier and know what I'm looking for. And so where I ended up going to, what I ended up setting on setting up on yesterday and ultimately filling a tag was um, like a secondary ridge coming off of a big long ridge. And right where it separated, it was a real steep drop off with, um, with a saddle right there, right where it drops off. And so I just got on the leeward side on the first north wind. I got on the leeward side of that saddle and... I mean, it worked. It, it worked exactly. I knew they were going to, I figured they were going to cruise the the leeward side of the ridge and, um, and use that little pinch. Now, what I realized when I got there was that I actually had a really good, like that saddle was super thick, high stem count, just a perfect spot to kill a big buck. Yeah. So um, it was cool, man. Like it was, awesome. it was like a, a dream come true. And then him dying in five yards, like, that was just, it was out of this world. It was so cool. So as he was coming through the area, was he perpendicular to the wind or was he quartering into it or quartering away from it? So what he actually did, um, when I, when I got set up, like when I got to my tree, uh, there was a bunch of tree limbs surrounding me. So I'm hunting out of the saddle. Um, and I had like on hitting my back, I had a big, a big, huge branch that I was going to use for back cover. 
but it was actually like right up against me. So I like broke it and like was thrashing all this leaves and crap and sticks like going everywhere. And I believe that those, all three of those bucks were coming into the sound of me thrashing those tree branches. Yeah. And so they were probably doing something completely different. There may have been a hot doe that came through before I got there or something like that. But um, I think those bucks were responding to a sound that is typically another buck. Yeah. That's what's used to that being. And so he hopped up. He was like walking the top of that ridge, what it looked like to me anyways. He was walking the top of that ridge um, or, or coming up out of the ditch onto the saddle um, and walking onto the, the leeward side to cruise that leeward side. And, uh, and that's exactly what the other, the other two were just cruising the leeward side, like walking the leeward side of that ridge. Okay. All right. And, uh, so just, uh, uh, some, some good thick covers, maybe a little edge there and, uh, just like that, a saddle is the, the yep. area that you, that you were hunting now in that area. Was there, uh, any sign at all? There actually was. I didn't realize it whenever I went in blind um, because I basically decided, like, you know what, I'm just going to hunt somewhere that looks good on a map that has a good pinch like that, uh, a good funnel, and hope that a, a, a doe comes through. Because I've never experienced a rut quite like this. They're chasing like crazy. Like, they're, they're going nuts out here. Um, guys in our camp, one guy saw six shooters this morning. Jesus. and couldn't get a shot because they were just all running all over the place. Another guy last night grunted in a 140 and shot it in our camp. He's outside skinning the, caping it out and stuff right now too. So, um, like he, it was a tank. It's his biggest buck ever. And uh, I mean, so the deer, everybody's seeing bucks. I just got a text that a guy has a, a an eight point that he's about to shoot. Um, that's really tempting him right now. We're getting close to the end of the trip and he's really tempted to shoot it, uh, just out cruising and he yeah. gets, just keeps coming by back and forth on this ridge. Yeah. So I've never experienced anything like that. That's just what they're, I guess the deer are actually doing what deer are supposed to do. Um, what you hear about people, you know, in Iowa where you're at and yeah. Kansas and, and these Midwestern states, you hear about this, you know, this wonderful magical time of the year called the rut a very active us, rut yeah us southern guys are like huh? you know like what <laughs> oh you mean the time when we actually see deer yeah, yeah okay okay <laughs> all right so you found success in kentucky all right and now you're getting ready to go back to a a non-rut almost getting ready to do that pre-rut type of uh scenario you know uh, time of year down in Alabama. So when you get back to Bama, what what's your hunting strategy going to be like down there? Well, my hunting strategy is uh, I, I get three buck tags in Alabama, and I've already filled two. So I know that my best time for success is going to be during the rut. So I'm just going to get my hunting strategy is make my wife really happy for the next month before I start going at it hard to fill my last buck tag. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I'm also next week, I'm going to be hunting a state park on a draw hunt and, uh, I'm going to be trying to pile up those as many does as I possibly can kill on that trip. Cause it's just like an overrun state park that somebody invited me to go cause they got drawn 
to do that hunt. So I'm going to pile up those. But if I were going in with um, more buck tags in my pocket or whatever, and I were planning to try to go and hunt, I would I would still be hunting as close to the bedding as I can possibly get. Um, as we get later into November, so probably maybe three weeks out from the heavy rut, I would I would move more uh, towards that leeward side of the ridge to try to catch bucks cruising, not necessarily because they're looking to breed, but just because they're trying to keep tabs on their does. So if you've got a spot where you know a lot of does are at, you maybe know where they're bedding, where the doe bedding is at, I would get close to that and try to find where that buck is just scent checking to keep tabs on his, on his doe herd. And uh, that, that's been very beneficial for me. Um, Also, you know, those really, really cold, good cold fronts that come through that might get deer more on their feet. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to hunt those days every chance I get. Yeah. Uh, if, assuming I have, I have more buck tags left. So, That's just, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just smart. Nothing too crazy or wild, right? You're just playing your cards right. You're building up some brownie points before the rut hits. And then when the rut hits, you're going into the mode of looking for bedding, looking, you're going to be downwind to bedding. You're going to be in some terrain, some really good terrain features that funnel deer movement. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just like everybody else is doing right now. Yeah. And I would be, um, more inclined right now to, uh, to play it safe in a lot of ways and go into new areas, try to, try to find new areas and do scout hunting. Um, cause you never know what you might find when you do that yeah. to, uh, increase your success rate. I would not get overly aggressive yeah. and because I don't want to blow a buck out of the area when all I have to do is wait three weeks to a month and he'll be the most vulnerable that he ever is through the whole year. Yeah. That makes a lot is, of sense. Which is during the rut. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get crazy. You know, I'm not gonna, I'll get I'll get a lot more aggressive in October when when I have you know a couple of months before the rut and maybe give him time to give the give the deer time to you know get back to their their patterns and and what they do get back into an area if I blow deer out in October I'm not nearly as upset as if I blow a big deer out in you know middle November right that's a that's a big no-no to me yeah that makes a lot of sense, man. And that, I'll tell you what, that strategy would, would be something that I would definitely be doing and what I did all last week, right? Uh, find those mm-hmm. bedding areas, find those uh, terrain features, and basically find the doe groups. Long story short, find the doe groups. And if you can find yep. where the does are living, the rut is going to bring the bucks to the does. So um, are you going to be talking about this uh, this Kentucky hunt in more detail uh, on Monday when your podcast launch? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've actually got so, – so one of the things me and Drew are doing on Southern Ground is we are uh, – every other week we're doing a guest, and then every other week we're doing um, just like a recap of our season, which you know, Dan, as well as I do, how hard it is to find deer hunting guests during right. deer season. <laughs> Everybody's busy. Like, Everybody, yeah, it's like, well, we can record at 11 o'clock tonight. It's like, well, that, that doesn't really work out for me. <laughs> and right. so we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to take it easy on guests and really talk about what we're learning, kind of recap our last two weeks that we've had, 
and what we're doing and the things that we're learning. And if we've had success, share what led to that success. And so next Monday, we're going to have a very busy episode because I've killed two bucks since uh, since our last in the last two weeks. So it's going to be an exciting episode. So what I'm going to say is for all the listeners right now who want to follow up and and get more details on Parker's Hunt, listen to the Southern Ground podcast, and that's going to come out on Monday. And uh, other than that, man, I think we'll we'll wrap it up here. Good luck in a month when you start uh, hunting real hard again. I know you'll probably pop into uh, a tree stand every now and again, but uh, between now and... No, Dan. No, Dan, I will never pop into a tree stand. <laughs> or, oh, shit. I forgot. Was that, was that was that a really good saddle hunting thing to say? Was that like really, really uh, just put a target on my back? Right. So it's like one of those memes where it's uh, everybody's like, uh, uh, does, they're at the funeral. Uh, and it, they're like, uh, does anybody have anything else to say? And one guy goes, uh, I saddle hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I needed to give I needed to give Czar some more ammo. He's running out of ammo since he shot his deer from a saddle. So, right, right. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. That's awesome. All right, man. Well, hey, good luck in the upcoming uh, weeks and months, and uh, we'll talk to you next time, man. Hey, dude, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.